there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! Good evening, this is Paul Cooney with John Hartson, Craig Moore and we're taking your calls now on 0808 17 17 700. A lot on the go today. I tried to get the guys to wear the 150 special Scotland top but given that one is a former Australian international and the other one is a Welsh legend, I think I'll pass on that one. <laughs> Craig, compa- Craig was complaining about the price. I mean, well, <laughs> I didn't I'm not buy the 90 quid, he thought it was too much. Lovely shit by the way. You like it John? Yeah. I, I'm not seeing yeah. Okay. Oh, but it's I will I will have a look at it. Indeed. Course. John Hartson is here, so too Craig Moore. A lot on the go. We'll talk Scotland. We know the game's just a number of days away now against Cyprus and then Spain, which is what that's a week today. And a couple of withdrawals. Well, Jack Henry is out of the squad, as you probably know. So Tony Ralston of Celtic, of course, has been called up, as has Dom Hyam, the 27-year-old defender from Blackburn Rovers. But we talked about it so much in the show last night, mm-hmm. inundated with calls about VAR. So, Craig, you've got a very definite view about VAR at the weekend. There were so many incidents. Just about every game in the Premiership was affected. Mm-hmm. Barry said last night, so did Mark Guidi, maybe it's time to rest it, let it go. Yep. And John Harson, you were the first person some months ago to say, well, you've got a very definite view about VAR. You thought it was more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, I, 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 it's not always conclusive. I, I think you're seeing things that... Uh, that all of a sudden you're looking at it with, you know, you're looking at it at home and you're seeing certain decisions, you're seeing lines going across the pitch and and then it goes to VAR and again, everybody's thinking it's offside, all of a sudden it's onside. You're seeing some shirts being pulled and it's a penalty. You're seeing other shirts being pulled, you're seeing certain handballs, that's a penalty. This handball is not a penalty. And I have to say, I feel for Jim Goodwin at the weekend. (laughs) That decision, Paul and Craig, Ienia's yeah. um, challenge on Curtis Main, mm. right? It wasn't a challenge. Curtis Main has just gone over, gone to VAR. Ienia yeah. is about a yard and a half away. There is no near contact. A blind man can see that. Yeah. It goes to VAR, it comes back, and they give Curtis Main St. Mirren. A penalty. Yeah. That is just completely and utterly, after that decision, it just loses all faith in VAR because it is just ridiculous yeah. how that penalty could have been given. And then St Mirren, to make yeah. things worse, they equalise. Mm-hmm. Jim Goodwin's just gone in at Dundee United. They're on the verge of winning, you know, winning, a, getting, picking up yeah, a really big game. three points. Of first course. win, yeah. Um, and 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 it's a killer. It just kills the whole team. It kills his week, his preparation. Mm. Um, and John, and with only nine games to go, this is going to happen again, and it could cost someone their job, their status in the Premiership. Well, because Dundee Dan- United should be on twenty-four yeah. points. They're only in twenty-two. If Dundee United go the down. Table. They look back at this. Yeah. 
they look back at this decision. So what would you do? Do you think it's time to pause VAR? What would I do? Um, well, have a think, right? I'll come yeah, back I'm on that, sure. John. I, know. I, I don't sure. want to say, I, I know yeah. there's a lot of work gone into it and there's a lot yeah. of finance and it's a little bit flippant just to say, you know, what I said was, I said it would be controversial. Mm -hmm. That was my words. If they were to, to lose VAR now and, and just take it out of the game completely. Um, maybe they shouldn't do that, but but there's got to be they've got to be more up to date on calls. Gotta get more calls right. Well, Dundee United, as we revealed last night, they're not having it and they've demanded uh, a summit about this. Yeah. Craig Moore, you yeah. also played at the highest level. Would mm -hmm. you would you like to play uh, in football just now in the premiership with VAR or Ab without it? Absolutely not. Um for me, look <laughs> I think fans today, majority of fans today, um, my time involved, generations before, I think what we love about our game is that it's not perfect, right? And for me, with VAR, they're trying to, to make the game uh, perfection. Um, for me, that's not, that's not our game. That's not the game that I fell in love with. I'm sure I can speak on behalf of many listeners. I'm sure that's not the game that they fell in love with. Um, for me, very, very simple. VAR, I would, um, whatever the amounts of money that have been thrown at VAR, take that money, right, and invest it in the heart and soul of football in this country. And what I mean by that is we're hearing now about all these grassroots facilities, the prices are going through the roofs, and, and, and the kids' grassroots level not potentially being able to, to be involved in sport, in football, the game that we love. I'll tell you what, take that money, Throw it into to grassroots, right? And, and and that's the way that it should be. VAR for me is is not the future of our game. And I think that we need to be louder on this this front because um, it's not getting any better. It's not getting any better, you know? And, yeah. and, and I think, um, I don't think it's the future of the game. I really don't. Uh, I'm, I'm quite strong in it. I'd like to see money put into different areas where it can really sort of like, I think, impact the, the, the growth of the game. That's a great shout. We heard yeah. it on Go yeah. Radio News late last week that the Blantyre Soccer Academy, but lots of football clubs with young boys and girls playing, they're in danger of not being able to afford it in areas where they started it to stop gang culture. This is really, really important stuff here in the west of Scotland. And there's too many people tied up in VAR and referees, assistant referees and all the rest of it. It's like a gravy train. There's so many of them now tied up in it and the referee doesn't look to me as though he's in charge anymore. He's been told you have to go and see VAR or not go and see. It's, I think, confusing. Do you not think the referees are beginning to lose their touch? They're not quite sure who's in charge? Well, the referees, if they're not sure, they get a, a second opinion. They, they get a shot in the arm or they could go to VAR. And then they're expecting then the VAR to have all the angles, to have all the, you know, they could slow it all down. They can look at it from, from different type of areas, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then the refs are expecting then their pals in the VAR office to get it right because the ref has missed it. He's not quite sure. This is why he was brought in, for the ref to, for, to help the referees. Mm -hmm. But what's happening is the VAR people behind, behind the screens, they're killing the referees because the referees then are coming back and being told, yeah, that's, that's what you've got to give. That's a penalty or, or whatever. And all of a sudden, people are blaming the referee. The ref's already gone to the VAR. Absolutely. The other same story for Kilmarnock. Derek McInnes must be raging. Andy Considine, his hand was up quite clearly, connects with the ball, 
Should, it shouldn't have been a penalty. How can they not give it? Let's go on the lines. 0808 17 17 700. Karen is on the line, a Rangers fan in Toll Cross. And you're thinking, Var. Good evening, Karen. Good evening, everybody. How are you? Hi, Hi Karen. Good, thank you. Yeah, the boys are in, in good form. But listen, we're, we're, we're worried about Var. I thought that was a great suggestion there from Craig Moore. Instead of all this money on Var, get it into grassroots football. The prices are going up to hire. I mean, the local authorities are under pressure. We know that. Help the kids to play football. I mean, I don't disagree with Craig, and I think there's other ways of getting that sort of funding. Uh, but stepping it right back to VAR, I think let's go back to why we actually, actually why we kept uh, rallying for VAR in Scotland because we we didn't have any faith in our referees. There was constant inconsistencies with decisions, and let's be honest, there was question about fairness. We brought in VAR. And now what we've ended up with, it's almost like we've ended up with that fifth official mm-hmm. uh, at our matches. But I was questioning, I think I'm getting a wee bit confused here, are we questioning the untrained eye who uses VAR, or are we actually questioning the technical capabilities of VAR? Uh, because I think our referees, I think, to be fair, this might be a strong word, but certainly for me it looks like they've almost been bullied by VAR and another group of officials who are not even... Uh, on the pitch, which I don't think adds any value to the game. What's happening is we're starting to devalue the game. We're starting to lose the focus of all the good football that's on the pitch. And what what I've heard tonight is starting to now question the, I suppose, the outlook for clubs and making other tournaments and get generating more funding. And when we start to talk like that, things are really serious. Mm. Karen, the, the, the problem... I have. I, I don't want to be talking about VAR. I want to be coming in here talking about the good goals, the good win by Rangers, the good win, the good, the, the great draw that um, you know teams have had over the weekend, and talk about the players and how the teams are, are getting better and everything else, and challenging for Europe and be fighting relegation. But ultimately, Karen, VAR is now taking over. It's becoming the main topic of every single game and they're getting so much wrong. You know, I thought, you know, just by, it's very black and white. Should be. You know, it should be very black and white because if it's offside, you know, if it, you know. They can't, they shouldn't be be, be getting offside. Somebody not must be yet. seeing something we're not, not seeing. So Karen made a, a, a good question there. Mm-hmm. Is it a technical issue as well? Do we not have the cameras that they have maybe in England? They don't seem to have as many issues. Are we getting a duff camera angle? Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a good point. And, and Karen, look, I'm not exactly um, sure in terms of the amount of cameras and, and, and therefore are the, the tools mm-hmm. actually in place. Uh, I still think that the, 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 the biggest issue, though, is the, the interpretation. Uh, the interpretation of what what people are seeing and I'm not necessarily talking about the the referee that's in control of that match I am talking about the people behind the the screens sitting in an office um, that aren't involved in the atmosphere of a particular game of football and clearly the decisions that are being made um, at best have been hugely inconsistent Mm. at best Uh, and and for me John you touch on you don't want to be debating about VAR every week 100% agree with you at the same time I understand reality that if VAR wasn't in place we'd be debating you know referees decisions but my preference would would be 
that we're having debates about those decisions because then it quickly moves on. VAR for me, like I said, you've got all the tools in place, too many mistakes. Uh, I've never been a fan of it. Uh, and what I've seen has not changed my mind, not one bit. Karen, stay with us for a moment or two, John. Could stay a minute. Here's Brian, a Celtic fan on from Motherwell. Brian, good evening. Good evening, guys. How are we? Yeah, Hello, good. Brian. All exercised by this. Brian, what do you feel about VAR? What would you do? Well, I think these are, the focus is on the wrong problem here. Okay. I think the focus should be on the professional refereeing system in Scotland. We've got two governing bodies, but we can't have a professional refereeing body. So I think if we get better standards of refereeing, VAR is something we're just going to have to take as part of the game in this day and age, moving forward with technology. But I think here in Scotland, the biggest problem is the standard of refereeing. And if we get better referees on the park, or better referees in the VAR van, I think that's going to help improve the quality of VAR. Yeah. So Brian's point is the referees are yeah. not that great so all we're doing is loading it with more referees who, in his opinion, yeah. are not that great looking at the same incidents. Yeah. Brian, uh, fair point uh, and certainly take that on board. I, I guess what feedback I can give you is on experience in regards to yeah. uh, I've seen this uh, exact same situation which I spoke about a long time ago uh, in Australia when VAR was yeah. launched. The same issues in Australia in terms of uh, referees not being professional and then uh, a list of referees then became professionals that therefore became, uh, you know, full-time referees. Their, their salaries went up. And I tell you what, unfortunately, I did not see any improvement in, in the decisions, in the performances. And so I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not the direction that needs to be taken. I, I think professional referees is certainly uh, something that needs to happen moving forward. But... Well, it's, it's, it's the ongoing development, the work, um, and, and it, needs to, it needs to translate. You, know, you need to see then that those performances are happening week to week, to week and that the, they're performing to the levels that are required. Otherwise, again, you can throw dead money at things that doesn't change the scenario that we're in. I right. think, I think so. Brian, I, I think the more important issue for me is that there has to be retrospective action against referees yeah. who make serious, serious errors of judgment yeah. um, because I don't know if you were on at the start of the show when I spoke about Curtis Main's uh, dive yeah, yeah. against yeah. Dundee United which eventually could cost Dundee United yeah. who are fighting for their lives by the way yeah. Um, yeah. so well, there's well, got well, to be a punishment because if I go and top somebody on a Saturday yeah, sure. and, and I get sent yeah. off all of a sudden it's three games it's you know yeah. it's lambasted it's a fine and there's punishment against me. I've done wrong. I have to hold my hand up. I've done wrong. I've committed a, a, a bad tackle. Referees get things wrong. All of a sudden, they're back in work the next week. Yeah. They have to take action for their own. And maybe if they did, they'd think twice about, about doing the job more professionally because they'd realise they won't get paid for three weeks. Um, and, and things like this, I think, have to come into account. I don't know if you have to ship all these... 10, 12, 13 referees out in Scotland at the minute and bring 12, 13 new ones in. I think that is going to be very difficult if you say in the standard and have to change the, the standard of refereeing. Um, so I, I think <coughs> I think that's difficult. Okay. Sorry, the Celtic game and the Rangers game had two big massive decisions in it for the opposition teams that were nothing to do with VAR, the two sending-offs. 
Mm. One against Carter Vickers should have never been a tender off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the one for Miller with the guy with his hand, yeah. uh, his layer and arm, should sure. have never been a tender off either. Mm. Yep, yeah, I agree. So You're right. Come on, John, you know, so I think we, it's a thing we've spoken about for years since you played, since before you played, how we need a better standard of referee in this country. But Brian, have you ever come forward? I never did. Um, Karen, do you, Craig, has anyone come forward and said, I, I'm going to qualify as a referee? Because it must be the hardest job in the game and they take so much criticism, Karen. Do you have some sympathy for referees? <laughs> no. no come on, Karen. Yeah, Say the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to... I, I, I promise I went right. OK, I'll hold my hands up here, right? So... Yeah. I'm not a football referee, but I do referee in another sport. It's ah, purely voluntary. Brilliant. Well and done. we don't have access to technical instruments to make us help make a judgment. We purely make our judgment based on what we see at that moment in time. And the way we've been trained is you must give the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to get away here to the summer. Right. So, Aye. yeah. So, Go on, come on. Yeah. But let's. Let's close that door. I really don't think okay. there. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I, I really how 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 where do we go from here? I don't disagree with anything that anybody's saying. Mm. But is the right people listening to what we're saying? And yeah. is, if somebody's asked for this summit, will it be a closed mm. door? Will will there be public information? Will there be the opportunity? Sure. For the people that matter, the fans that go to the game, see in there, the fans that pay the money for the pay for views, will they get to tribute and will they get their opinions listened to? Yeah, this the, is where the, the authorities the need to come out and speak now. They do. The, the head I, of referee. I, I've got, I don't know about Craig, but I, I have got huge, huge sympathy and respect for referees. Especially now I finish playing because I'm I'm looking at it now more from the outset rather than being in the action all the time, yeah. on the pitch complaining about fouls and you know Craig <laughs> claiming for everything. Craig yeah. was all used to ah, get with him. Tommy's elbows Craig. again, eh? In my but, face um, again. What I'm saying is it's so hard now. The game is so fast. Um, yeah. Everybody, no matter what you do, you got to have a big ego. You got to have a big front. You got to have skin like an elephant to be a referee because you're brushing things away. And, and and as well, you know, the big, big decisions, there's social media now where people are, you know, are having a go at referees. It's an in, it's a very, very difficult job to do. Saying that, some of the more blatant decisions, they can be getting better, you know, but uh, some of the abuse as well the referees have to take now is, is, is uncalled for. But I have sympathy for them because I know how difficult a job it is. It must be impossible. I feel sorry yeah. for the referees, I've, I've got to be honest, because uh, this the VAR, I think, was kind of like thrown at them. Um, and I don't think that the lead-in was anywhere near uh, what was required. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I still don't because, again, I've seen it. I've seen it trialled and, and, and then led into to, to play in Australia. It kind of it was very, very similar here. And presentations are all great. They're nice, fluffy, and it's all beautiful. But It was going to be light touch, remember? Like, Craig, wh- why are we not very good at it? I mean, a lot of people just think that. Why are we not very good? So you've now got three officials on the pitch, yeah? Referee, two assistants. Two assistants. You've got a fourth official. Yep. You've got someone in the stand mm-hmm. who's reporting on them. Mm-hmm. And then the VAR room's got, mm-hmm. what, two, three people. Too many referees yeah. on one game. Any yeah. chance we can get three good officials yeah. on the pitch? But, but the, the, yeah, no, you're right. Look, the, the, when you see the major tournaments that have taken place, 
they're normally they're normally done to a to a decent standard. Okay, the odd mistake has been made, but the standard is 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 a lot better than what we're seeing, uh, unfortunately, on a week to week basis. And that's not only here in Scotland; that's domestically and in loads of other countries as well. So, look, the tools are there. The performances at the top top tournaments show that you can get to a level. There needs to be huge improvement domestically mm. in, from country why, to country. Why yeah. why yeah. can they get it so right though in other sports? You know, is is there more respect in rugby? You know, is there for the referee? Yes. Yeah. You know yeah. The, what the referee says. I've been mic'd goes, up as well. What you know, mm. uh, but the problem is now you've got so much VAR, yeah. you've got so much video analysis where you can really get to the the bottom of 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 big big decisions. You know, and and in in rugby. If there's any cheek or any answering back, getting in referees' faces, you sent back 20 meters or whatever it is. Um, they get the video calls right predominantly. Um, so why can they get it? They get it right in cricket. They get it right in other sports. But football, we, we seem to not just in Scotland, by the way, but down south in England, they have all sorts of problems there. Dermot Gallagher goes on every week yeah, on I that know. Sky program, mm -hmm. and he's talking about 10 different. Um, then 10 mm. different sort of situations that have happened that weekend. Every, he's the busiest man in football. He sure is, I know. Doing McGallagher. He's, 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 he's the highest paid. Because uh, he's got the coast. most difficult job. I, I need to do that. <laughs> Karen, we've got into extra time. We're going to have to take the break. That was a great call. Brian, Cheers, thank guys. you too. All the best. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go! Well, it's caught fire tonight with Craig Moore, John Hartson, everyone having a view about VAR. We're going the lines in a second or two. Someone going to defend, I think, referees here. Uh, you can also join us on the socials at Go Football Show. Mark has been on, great football fan. Mark says, VAR, when it was introduced in Scotland, was called VAR Light. I'd forgotten that. It wasn't the full version they bought. That's what the league clubs could afford. And we, we get that. That's what they could afford. He does make a point as a, a Celtic fan. He said Celtic and Rangers allocations every week when they're away from home is cut. So clubs losing money are going to lose money. They don't have as many of the old firm in as they could have. That's a point he makes. Uh, he says the refs are not making decisions. They're allowing VAR to, to make the decisions where they should be making decisions themselves and leaving it to VAR to check that the decision is right. He says... We're a footballing backwater. Ange Postacoglu pretty much confirmed this at the beginning when VAR came in. He said, what are you getting excited about? They had VAR in Australia five years ago, ahead of us, which, Craig, you confirmed months ago with us. So maybe the VAR light isn't good enough. That might be a yes. technical insight. Could be. Why go yeah. with VAR light? Why not go the full hog rather it's than money. just go in half-hearted? Yeah. I know it's money, yeah. but wouldn't people rather wait until the money is there, the money's built up and they can afford it and go go for it and do it right rather than do with mm. VAR light, which is almost half-heartedly, isn't it? Here's Graham from Shots, uh, a motherwell area. Hi, Graham. Good evening. Hi, good evening. How are you doing? Yeah, good. I don't Hi, know Graham. why I said shots in Motherwell. I know where they are. One's <laughs> South Lanarkshire, one's North Lanarkshire. Graham, you're very welcome to the show. What are you thinking? Are you going to defend the referees? Because it would be good to get that balance. I'm a bit, yeah. <laughs> I think I've, I've played a bit of semi-professional football. played football for a, a pretty young age. Did you, um, did you play for shots? Sorry? Did you play for shots by accord? No. <laughs> no, my brother was. Right, yeah. <laughs> okay. I was more out in the audience, but I'll, 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 okay. I'll know. We won't hold that against you. <laughs> so, I know. what are you thinking? Uh, what it is, is it, I'm a wee bit frustrated listening to, obviously, 
wee bit of you guys, wee bit of callers. I think there's a major, major, major problem. I used to run a football academy and run the amateurs and stuff like that once I hung the boots up. Money through the council to book 3D pitches and all the facilities that you need, indoor facilities for the younger kids. It's no funded with the councils. So right through the word go, we've dealt with this problem for years and years and years and nobody's ever dealt with it. Under 18 football should be free. Simple. A simple fact that's going to improve football. England's had professional referees for God knows how many years now. So the guys that don't make it or get fed up with football jump to refereeing. Mm-hmm. They should, but do they? No, no, not at the moment. There's a great there's a great setup behind the scenes for the referees. It takes training, 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 going to meetings, going to, to work with the, the referees, to deal with scenarios. Um, and that goes with refereeing under underage games, right for the fun fours now, which wasn't a wasn't a thing back in the day. That funds fours and the sevens, and then they jump up to the bigger pitches. But there's nobody want to take that jump. That don't like football that much, or, or they don't make it, or my pal's better than me. I want to go and try refereeing. There's no encouragement. There's a lot of referees that'll be out there that would love to try refereeing, but maybe at the end of it, they can get a career at it. Mm-hmm. There's no career out there for referees. The only career is to get slaughtered, and nobody's want to do it. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fair point, Graham. Um, and and you know, I, I guess I thought about not not becoming a referee, uh, mm-hmm. but in terms of why maybe uh, ex professionals, mm-hmm. it's not something we have seen it in in other sports um, where. You know, after their careers, they've maybe not gone in, in, on the coaching path and all that sort of stuff, and 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 explore other areas. It's um, question I've got for you, right? So in regards to yep. you're saying you played at semi pro level, right? Um, yeah. Now I'm I'm not sure the backgrounds of a lot of the referees that are refereeing today whether there there are footballing backgrounds. Is having a yep. football background an advantage when you referee a game of football? A million percent. And and can you give me just a couple of a couple of reasons maybe uh, as to to why you're saying that? You, you don't. VAR's the only they came in because of money. Simple. The World Cup, the English Premiership, Sky behind them. There's millions and millions and millions of pounds. So these these decisions are crucial. In Scotland, we've not got the sponsorship. We've not got the money. Why bring it in? There's a load of referees out there. I've rubbed shoulders with the best of them, and there's. But there's a great. I heard an interview when you were saying earlier on, John, about um, referees should be punished and stuff like that. As if it's, they've done a decision deliberately. No, but the some of the some, some of the decisions some, have been off the cuff. Yeah, but did you? Did, been yeah. for all these years. But Graham, did you not see the referees call on? Um, on yeah. was it? Main. Uh, Curtis Main Curtis yeah. Main in at the, the weekend yeah. he, he's... Ah, it, it doesn't matter listen, right. the last 10 years there's been you could name numerous mm. incidents and was that over the line or mm. remember the one that, that hurt the back stanchion at Fur Park no what I'm and, saying is right. Graeme you cannot be allowed you yeah. cannot be allowed to give a decision like that and then it's accepted because when when a player makes a mistake, a serious error, we're punished, right. we're fined. Mm-hmm. When a referee does it, there has to be something in place for the referees to be punished as well. Yeah. Especially yeah. when they're making when they're making like blatant sort of calls 
that they're getting okay. so blatantly wrong. But the, the, the blatant thing in punishment is the two wrong words that you're using, mate. And listen, I, I love watching football and I've done it for all the, all the years. Mm. Punishment, it should be coaching. Mm-hmm. Right through the word go. So if, yeah. if somebody's got it wrong, uh, see, after a game, there, there's loads of decisions you go, oh my God, I got that wrong. Give the referees a wee chance and let them come out on telly and say, listen, I got that wrong, by the way. What if they keep going? It takes a bigger man to hold their hand up, and I'll guarantee you 75% mm-hmm. of the, the crowd that go to the game and pay that money to go in, or whether they're paying for pay per view, will accept that mm-hmm. because they know that guy is trying his best. Yep. And he's, he's just called it off. I'm not saying he's not trying his best. He's no, just sure. made a serious, serious mistake, yeah. which but, could cost Dundee United a place in the Premier League. Okay. Is, it, is this a better. Sorry, Graham. How, yeah, how, how do you feel but, about there's this? There's still loads of games away for the end of the season. Mm. You're going to get mistakes. That's that yeah. one you're going no, to say, well, we are. We some are. You get, some you don't. I agree. I agree, Graham, in terms of the, the, there's going to continue to be mistakes. Mistakes are, are a part of life, certainly in, in, in football. Okay, so let's take away the word uh, uh, punishment, for example, that John John's brought into play. But, yep. right, I think that you can actually pr- protect the referee in a way, right? So if he's had a poor match, right, of course he's not gone out with the, the intention of, of no, having sure. a poor performance, right? But it happens, yeah? Yep. Now, yep. I have no issue, and I'd be interested to know your thoughts, whereas... Part of, <laughs> He stood down potentially for a week, and he man- he, he runs a, a championship game, a League One, a League Two game. He, he's he's taken out of the um, right. the, the firing line for for, for a yep. week. Grim, because- does that ever happen? Yeah, I think it I, should. I get that exactly where you're coming from, and I, I think yeah, that that could happen. Yeah, yeah. But that person that's made that mistake needs to not only him but see the group of referees that yes. association it is. They need to sit down and then go over that. Mm. That scenario, which which you do, they, they play loads of different scenarios, and and it'd be amazing how many hands go up for different for different ideas and different yeah. anticipations of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get that hundred percent. Graham, you know the referees. Yeah. You know many of them. What's the chat among the referees just now about this? Because they, they won't be enjoying that. They will be enjoying the fact they've got. Well, are they? There are so many referees now at any one game. That what's the chat among them? Because they must be, they've Listen, got egos. I'm, I'm out of the refereeing for about eight years now, but um, I've shoulders with you know, Dallas and Brian Winter and stuff like that. Some yep. really, really, really good guys. And there's there's a whole lot of coaching behind the scenes, and which can only be um, increased, if you want to say, mm-hmm. which, which comes through referees going professional. Because the more time that they can get to, over scenarios and improve themselves. The same in any profession. You're a plumber or whether you're a joiner mm-hmm. and yeah. you, you made a mistake that I should have done this. It's exactly the same in every profession. If you can't make that profession professional, yeah. then forget about yeah. it. Yeah, but the thing is as well, and, and on that, it, may, it maybe closes this, this, this down like, so John touches on, so if a player has a poor performance, he gets dropped, he gets left out the next game, yeah. right? If a, if a manager's not getting the results, he gets sacked, he loses his job. If a referee has a poor performance, what happens? Well, at this moment in time, he's back in the next week. That's what I'm saying. So this yeah. is something that potentially... Yeah. And again, it's not, it's it's not saying... Because, it's all because there's not enough referees, guys. Sure. You know that yourself. Mm, yeah. Graham, mm. right. do you know earlier as well, mate? I just want to pick up a point. You know, when you said about uh, players now who are not quite good enough to go on to become professionals and, um, and they don't really want to go down the referee, they don't want to learn to be a referee because the word you use was they frighten in case they get slaughtered. Right. 
is that not more um, cultural? Is that not about the culture? No, nothing about culture, no. Why? Absolutely nothing. Why are they worried about getting slaughtered then if it's not the culture? No, the reason I was saying that was if, if a referee, um, uh, there's no referee, so the only way to encourage a referee, there's guys that fall into love with football. Yeah, sure. I'm fed up playing. They maybe they get an injury that reoccurs, reoccurs. Why don't they get down? Why don't they be encouraged to get down the referee route? Because mm-hmm. you said they'll, they'll, the a lot route. of them are getting slaughtered and they don't want to do it. Yeah, but the, the thing is, John, mm. it's not a full time job. That's what I'm trying to say. So if 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 your work predicts that you you need to work late on a Tuesday and a Thursday, and you've got mental referee training that night, or you're meant to have a meeting that night and you can't make it, mm. your work pays your wages. Mm. It's mm. no the referees that pay your wages. Mm. Graham, you, that's the difference. That's yeah. why there's no there's no encouragement for this to go through. Okay. Well, you know, you know, if you you've you've been a ref, or I've been, it was a while ago, but you know, <laughs> how much. You know, the referees, the way yeah. they're spoken to. Yeah. And it is the culture. You look at the supporters, you look at the, the abuse they, they throw at referees. And it starts at a very young age. And, and I know. It, it, yeah. is, it is the culture. Sure. It, it, it does start maybe of at education. Yeah. You know, and, and look at Mitrovic's respect. Day. We've yeah. already said on here, Graham, yeah. I, I, I've got all sorts of respects for, for referees, especially now, being on the outside of the game, you know, looking at decisions and everything else and what they have to put up with. When I was a player, maybe not so much because I was angry, I was wanted to win. Did you have a favourite referee, John? Um, not, not, not really. Paul, um... Was the know, one you really didn't want? But, but you know, but you know now, <laughs> yeah. when you look at it and the game has gone so fast and... Yeah. Um, but I, I just have a, I have a bee in my bonnet when referees get it so badly wrong. Yeah, sure. Um, and 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 the reason what I was saying was was that it was a similar thing to what Craig brought up as well. You know, they can be taken out. The fo- who takes them out? The other referees, the refereeing commission above. They get a meeting. They take them out of the next game. That's just, that's the same as being pe- uh, punished. Punished. They miss a game yeah, and then they come back the week not, after. Right. Graham did say during the call. Final point, we need to go to the break, mm. that referees should be allowed to speak after the game. Now, they were some yeah. years ago. Would you agree with that, Craig? Do you think Absol- it'd be good? Absolutely. Yeah, for absolutely sure. Absolutely no issue. Okay. Are they allowed? John, are, are, no. they, are they up to Before doing it? Before you go to a break and... and yeah, on you go, Graham. No, no. Can, 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 I, you go. can I just quickly say, referees, your football show, anybody that's involved in football is involved in it, including the referees, for the love of the game. Yeah. And the love of the game will start for grassroots, under-18s, being allowed to book Astros at football parks mm-hmm. at, at schools and not be charged for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially in this day and age when, when pennies are tight, the, the teams are having to ask for parents for money, 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 money. That mm-hmm. shouldn't need to come into it. The love of the game. So don't forget that, guys. No, all right? absolutely spot on. The love, the only thing mm-hmm. I'm not loving is VAR. Sure. You're you're absolutely right. So much money has been wasted and the kids, especially here in the west of Scotland where money's so tight, it's the working person's game and we have been shunned by many, many people in authority who haven't given football the place it should be or activity for boys and girls. But you're right, Graham. I was at Newton on Saturday morning and they're in the facilities there and the coaches who take them, the parents that come along, it's getting harder and harder more and more expensive. I don't know what's going to happen. And you heard Jimmy Whelan on our news mm. on Friday crying out for support. So I, I would love referees to come yeah. out after games and face right. the cameras 
and explain why they got that decision particularly wrong. Because I think then, you know, people will go, well, at least he's come out, he's explained it. And the referees will say, do you know what? I just completely missed it. I got it completely wrong. I hold my hand up. I think they'll get more respect for that. But do you know what it is now? Referees don't want to explain. They're allowed to explain. How many times do you hear a manager just going in, they've chased the referee down the tunnel, I want his view, I wanted yeah. to explain why he sent that player off, but he's gone, he's locked his door. Plus, John, but, the, ra- the, but rather than being out there and saying, look, the referee's here, here he is, Mr. Referee, can you please explain what happened on that situation? I think that would that would clear a lot of things up because the referee then has a chance. He has a chance to... to Big man, someone, he's on oh, yes. tonight. But John, you, you know the problem? Does the referee know? Because there's so many officials around him Getting, you know, saying, no, no, look at VAR, it's wrong. I'm not sure the referee knows exactly what it is some of the so times. The refs want to speak after games. Graham, thank you so for I your know call. The only chance yeah. the referees would get to speak was after five minutes when you chill it. Nice one, Graham. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go! Thanks, Chris. He loves his football tops. And tonight, he's here in the studio with us with the new Scotland for the 150th anniversary. It's pricey. It's uh, been flying off the shelves. The website crashed today, but a lot of the fans saying, come on, without discount, it's around £90. It's a lot of money. It does look brilliant, though, doesn't it? It's fantastic. You'll see it on the website. And uh, Chris is sporting it. As we speak, he did that in the Euros as well. Right, some of the headlines. The football itself, thanks for all the calls. Maybe more coming in about VAR. That was a really good discussion. That it's, was good. It, Graham telling me to chill out. Oh, he should have saw me on the pitch if he thinks this is me. <laughs> a thing. Did the referee, well, we'll talk more about that shortly. And thanks to all the, the I calls. I actually thought he was a very good caller, Graham. Made some yep, good points. Sure. And a great point from Mark as well, who was on saying, look, we've gone for VAR light. Let's not forget that. And I think that is one of the technical issues. Because last night you had Barry saying, you know, the Sakala one, for example, he was offside. Yeah. And he also said the Motherwell, there was an infringement as well that they got wrong. Mm-hmm. So, and Ali McCoyst is saying that former uh, players should be in the VAR box. Well, that's something that Barry has said on this programme many times. Mm-hmm. But I know that people then come on and say, well, how would they be fair? I think most people are, aren't they? Because you're professionals. But what do you think? You can still call us 0808 You'd, you'd, have, to, you'd 17, have to put them ex-played. You'd have to make them anonymous. Not That'd many impossible would, these days. But not many would want to go on sure. and clearly say who they are. Because I, I think you, you are going to get you know, all sure. sorts of comments. And you, so you would have to make them players anonymous, which I don't think would be a bad thing because... They, they, they're still ex-players and they can make good calls. Could you imagine if they were speaking, you'd say this anonymous person here and you hear John there with that the mellifluous tones there, the Welsh Valleys. And Craig, you've no chance then, of course. Good day. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. catch me up pretty quickly. What's the phrase? You haven't given us a phrase for a few weeks. I love well, to hear you I'm saving, saving them up. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. No, a few yeah. of them will come out. Coin. Coin. Yeah. I like the coin. like that one. Um, so for Scotland, we're going to hear from John Carver, who does a great yeah. job for yeah. Steve Clark, one of the assistants. He was on media duty today. And the news, of course, that uh, Dom Hyam, a name not known that well up here, but he's played, what, 36 times this year for Blackburn Rovers. 27-year-old. He's a Scot, born in Lookers in Fife. He's been called in. And Tony Ralston, the Celtic defender, has been called in as well. The team were training today, getting together for the game with Cyprus at the weekend at, at Lesser Hamden, which of course has just been rebuilt, reconstituted into a new pitch. And it's interesting and great praise here from John Carver. Well, the decisions were basically we had to move from Orion because we couldn't get any accommodation 
in the hotel there. But also, when you've got somebody like Willie Hockey who wants to help the national team, him and his staff and the people behind the scenes have been incredible. That facility that we've trained on this morning, inside the dressing rooms, I don't know if you guys have seen it, is amazing. But the amount of people that have done so much hard work behind the scenes, again, is incredible, considering it's Queen's Park's facility. The surface is Premier League standard, right? We haven't had one player slip on the surface this morning. With all due respect, again, to Orium, the surface there was a safety hazard in my eyes. Now, we've gone to this place, and it's on another level. Now, if that doesn't inspire me, well, it does, because you can tell the way I'm speaking about it. But if you ask a player, it certainly will inspire a player. They must have got a massive boost when they walked through the door this morning, seen those facilities, seen the changing rooms, and then walked out under the pitch, because I did. Proud to hear that about that, our friend that, that, That's Yorium. That's Yorium yeah. down on all bookings in the next six months, yeah. by the way, because of the surface. And more <laughs> importantly, John, what about here in the great city of Glasgow, that yeah. that pitch has been praised so well, and friend of this show, and obviously the yeah. business show here on this day. I'm proud of yeah, Willie, what, what they're doing I, I, there. I think it's very... Um, Creditable of yeah. Willie Yorkey, good friend of ours, you know, yeah. runs, runs the, the yeah, whole sure. shooting match, um, is willing to do that to help mm. the, the Scottish national team. And, uh, you know, as a national team, you should have the best. You should have the, the, the best surface. You should have the best facility. You should go out to your way to help the Scottish national team. And that's what Willie Yorkey's done by uh, allowing um, the, the, the players... Um, to um, to go onto mm. that pitch and 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 obviously they can work on it, you know it might be a bit different to Hamden when they go and do the real thing because Hamden's had problems with the pitch, haven't they? Yeah. But at least in the build up they can they can get things right on a decent surface. It's the footballing capital and it should be here in the West, Craig. So and also Steve Clark has had yeah. the um, the cojones to make sure no I'm going to train the boys now here mm. in the West in Glasgow rather than going to the Orium in Edinburgh. Yeah, that's no, fantastic. Um, you know, when you come in, you get that international call up, and the, and the, the group comes together. There's a buzz immediately uh, in terms of the boys wanting to catch up and hear what's been happening at Clubland and all that sort of stuff. Then you go and get a a, a great facility uh, and a great surface. It, look, it's it's short and sharp with the national team in terms of that preparation, but mm. good surface. Um, like I said, the boys are generally excited to see each other anyway. It's great that it's here. And, and Willie Hockey obviously has done a fantastic job at, at Queen's Park as well, who, who have done fantastically well. I also think as well, going into the qualifiers, they can go into the qualifiers, the national team, with a little spring in their step because they, they, they are almost guaranteed a playoff um, because of how well they did in the Nations League. Mm-hmm. Um so that that is almost like a cushion they can fall back on. Steve Clark, obviously, and and um, and John Carver, they'll, they'll they'll really want the players to go and you know uh, excel and play exceptionally well and do do well for their country and everything else and win games, of course. But they have got that, you know, the comfort of of a playoff, if you like, if if uh, if results did for whatever reason didn't go well, you know. And of course, it's not a foredrawn conclusion that we'll beat Cyprus. It's been tough against them. I was just looking today where we beat them 2-1 in 2019. Good record against yep. Cyprus. Oh, no, indeed. We beat them 2-1. I just mean it's tighter yeah, than yeah. I remembered, yeah, Craig. Yeah. That's my point. Yep. 2-1 again in 2011. That was mm-hmm. 2-1 in 2019. Uh, and also in 1989, 2-1 seems to be the scoreline. But my point is, you know, we talk about Spain. Mm-hmm. We almost take, well, what do you feel, Cyprus? Again, like I said, international football. I'm looking at the group. It's a very, very tough group. Uh, Scotland are going to be challenged in, in, in every single match. 
Um, you're at home though, Paul. So you'd yeah. like you'd like to think with that home support, starting the game in in, in the right manner, um, that you're going to be good enough. The record against Cyprus is good. Spain's going to be a probably a, a tougher challenge, but that's a tough, tough group. International football. Very rarely will you get an easy game. Well, John, of course, you've uh, you got to the World Cup and we didn't, so we hope to be there in Germany. We've got some good routes to get into it. Tony Ralston hasn't played that much for Celtic uh, this season, but it's good to see him back in the squad. Uh, John Carfer has been speaking about the Celtic player today. Well, we just wanted to make sure, just in case something happened whilst we were here, that we had enough defenders, because Anthony can play on the right, he can play on the left. Also, we, we might consider somebody else playing in a different position, so Tony can fit into that. Rolling, he's, he's multi-purpose and, and we know all about him. He's done it in the past. He's been a little bit unfortunate because he's not been a regular on the Celtic team. But on the occasions he has played, and I've seen him quite a bit, he's done really well. So uh, uh, it was it was wise to bring him into the group um, rather than calling him up later on. So uh, the fact that we have the two home games. Yeah, he's nailed it, John. He's nailed there. Tony Ralston, he can play on the right, uh, he can play on the left. He's a good footballer. He's improved with the ball at his feet. Um, he marauds forward. He makes overlaps. He gets crosses in. He chases back. Um, he, he plays that attacking um, right-back role really well. He gets up to the halfway line, creates an overload. You know, he tries to be a spare man. He's available for a pass. Yeah, and, and he's spot on as well with, with Johnson, obviously coming in, the Canadian international Um having a really good run in the team, playing well in a winning Celtic team. And it has been difficult for Tony Ralston yeah. to, to, you know, to nail that right-back position down, if you like. But when he has come in, Paul, I have to say, he's, he's not let anybody down as Tony Ralston. Yeah, no, he's done very well. Yeah. He has done very well. Look, he, he'll, like every player, will, will be wishing that there was, there was more minutes for him th throughout the season. But at the same time, seems like a very good professional uh, he'll go into that squad and if he's given the opportunity, he, he will not let anybody down. Yeah. Craig will now give us the full rundown now on the 27-year-old, Dom Hyam. No, in fact, let's hear from John yeah, Carver. I mean, he's playing in a side who are doing extremely well in the championship. Uh, I think the fifth at the moment and obviously they had the disappointment of the quarterfinals, but it's somebody we've been keeping an eye on for a while. Obviously, in this period, because we've not had anything to do since we last played, which is about four months, Part of our jobs is going out and watching players, and he's one player that we've been watching. So we know a lot about him. We know he's been on the involved with the under twenty ones. So you know it wasn't hard for Steve to call him up. Steve Clark and his team, like John Carver, they're good at going and finding players that we maybe have overlooked or don't know about. In this case, he is a Scot. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's important. That's yeah. part of the job. Um, and as he touched on. Um, the, the break um, from international football gives them a fantastic opportunity to get about and watch more football matches. Blackburn, unfortunately, they went out in a thriller, didn't they? At the quarterfinal, 3-2 to Sheffield United. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sitting in a, in a handy position in the in the championship, which is a, a tough yeah. league, John, you know, and he's playing a lot of football. So also, sorry, Paul, just, mm -hmm. just quickly, um, you know, he's been involved in the under-21s, national team, lots of stuff. So, again, it's good to be able to promote promote players from within because they know what to expect. You know what I mean? The the, the, the 21s to the senior football, okay, the standard is different, but in terms of the way the camps, in terms of the way the schedules, it's all very, very familiar to him. 
And good news for Lewis Ferguson, who scored at the weekend. So he scored again. He's also said the San Siro is the best stadium he's ever played in. Even even better than Pataudry. No, he didn't say that. But he said even Celtic Park and Ibrox don't compare. Mm -hmm. I wonder what his brother, uh, his uh, uncle, will be saying. Uncle yeah. Barry, I call him his brother there. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, we'll maybe talk about that later. Okay, that's the first hour. Can you believe it? It's flown in. We're back in hour two. John Hartson and Craig Moore coming next. There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! On the tee, Alan Shearer, Frank McAvenny and John Hartson. <laughs> that was the scene yesterday or today. Uh, yeah, John, you're with Craig Moore here tonight in the Go Radio Football Show with yeah. Macklin Motors. And this morning you started the day with Spot of Breakfast with uh, Frank McAvenny and Alan Shearer. Yeah, two legends and myself, Paul. Um, <laughs> Three. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, no, he? he's, he's yeah. good. He's in good form. Strikes yeah. over. He's back ah, on. He's brilliant. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. for me, he's one of the, one of the best ever centre forwards. Number nines, out and out. Yeah. You know, goal scorer, Premier League's top goal scorer. Um, and uh, no, he wasn't actually playing with us. He, no. he he was off to go and play Turnbury. He likes his golf, Alan. He was up for a couple of days. Yeah. Played Dundonald yesterday. Um, he was shooting off so we had, we had a cup of tea and a bit of brekkie with him and then uh, we what did sh- he say about VAR did he say John you need to calm down on VAR no like I, ne- I never mentioned on. the guy the yeah. support <laughs> thing and all that I, I left that yeah. I needed to actually play with him to get into him to, to get sure. all that stuff yeah. out of him yeah. but no it was good to see him you know I, I've always loved Alan he's a, he's a fantastic player will anyone the ever best. surpass Different his record class. yeah it could be Harry Kane of course he would have had more goals Craig except he came up against you oh I would I played with him. I was fortunate enough for a couple of seasons at Newcastle. Um, That's what I mean. Invo- yeah, was involved in his very last match, which was a four-one victory over Sunderland, the derby. Yeah. Um, wow. He, he picked up the the knee injury, and that was his last his last football match for Newcastle. Last but goal as well. Last goal, yeah. Penalty, yeah. But I, like I said, I remember as a, when I was a kid, and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. When he when he first got his move back to to Newcastle, yeah. and 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 what huge news that was. But everybody in Newcastle yeah. loves Alan Shearer. Um, he's a fantastic man. Um, he was a great, he was a great goal scorer, a great football player, uh, and I was fortunate enough to to play a couple of years with him. Yep, I remember he came up for the sports divisions annual meeting, and the staff were there, about a thousand people, SEC, and when I announced that it was Alan Shearer, people thought it was a lookalike, and then he spoke, and it was Alan Shearer, the England striker. Phenomenal. He just he's got that uh, magic. How's Maka? How is he today? Yeah, he's a good Frank form. Maccavini. Frank, yeah, yeah, he loves his golf again. Maka, yeah. uh, just back from another holiday. Good. He loves his holidays and his golf and yeah. his, his speaking events. He's he's a fantastic after dinner speaker. So if anybody's listening, book Frank McAvenny, <laughs> You know he make you laugh. Yeah. He's he's great. So uh, no, I've known Frank a long time. Good lad. And Craig, you played against uh, so many of them as well. Just some of the headlines down south. Obviously, Antonio Conte. People are just waiting to hear. I mean, he had the go. Everyone, the players, 
uh, the management, the, the, the directors, Daniel yeah. Levy, Joe Lewis won't like that. Um, do you think he has said goodbye, or he's about to say goodbye to Tottenham? It didn't look as if he missed anybody at the football club, did it? Um, it was quite a strange uh, interview. Uh, he was extremely frustrated. Obviously, he's had some uh, some health issues of late, which yeah. which which might have actually gave him the I don't know the the, the clarity to 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 be as honest as, as what he was in that interview. But the rant wasn't it? Yeah, but maybe look, he, maybe he's talked himself out of the, the 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 job. Maybe that was his intention. I don't know. Look, you're going to get the normal stuff uh, then on the back of that, aren't you? You're going to get Ange Postacoglu, Paul, no doubt. Yep. That's right. They're Probably saying, so saying in the mix Pochettino, with... they're saying uh, Desebri, of course, is doing so well yeah, at Brighton. Brighton. Thomas Frank. Um, doing a great job at Brentford. The Frankfurt uh, gaffer, Oliver Glasner, mm-hmm. and Ange Postacoglu. Now, Celtic fans will hate it and say, ah, oh, why are you mentioning them? Yes. This is what's uh, on the wires. And also, mm-hmm. it, it's natural. He is an outstanding manager. Celtic fans, I think everyone in Scotland would hate to see him go, apart from you and Barry uh, and the Rangers. Yeah, I'd be, quite, I'd be yeah. quite happy, you know. I know Andrew's quite, quite <laughs> ambitious, and if yeah. he gets the opportunity, look, Tottenham's a big club. I mean, look, he's doing a wonderful job at Celtic, as as we know. Tottenham, um, look, he, he, I know his agent is actually quite well connected with um, Tottenham, um, so look, you just never know in football, do you? You really don't. No, you don't. But listen, like every other Celtic fan, um, they're hoping that Andrew signs a contract. And he gives us a couple more years because he's been exceptional. He, he gets it. You know, he's been successful. He plays great football. You know, he's got the fans in the palm of his hand at the minute, doesn't he? But naturally, Paul, you know, when you're doing well, you know, the vultures will come. And going back to Antonio Conte, I think it's a bit of cat and mouse. I do. I think it's, do you? you know, he's yeah. on big, big money, Paul. And at this level, you know, all of a sudden, does he want to get sacked? All of a sudden, if Spurs sack him, they have to pay him up. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Spurs just think, well, you know, um, I think you've you've been out of order. Some of the things that you've said is wrong. Uh, they might come to an agreement where all of a sudden they pay him half of what they owe him. And, and I just think at this level, the, the, the lawyers get involved and the agents. And, and uh, it clearly looks as if um, he, he doesn't respect... Uh, you know Daniel Levy in yeah. terms of what he said and and, and the players and the, the players the players latch on to that sure you know and, it, and especially in this day and age all of a sudden there's a lot of players now where you can't really talk to them like you know the, the, they'll go back and tell their agents all of a sudden they want to move sure because yeah. they don't want to be told mm. they don't want to be told that they, they're doing wrong and they're not playing well um, so I think it's a bit of cat and mouse there but I wouldn't be surprised if he was to leave this week okay and uh, well Celtic fans would hate to see Ange Postecoglou leave. Can't you Oh, I know you did. Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. John, absolutely. I know, I was just uh, summarising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Craig, someone that you played alongside has parted company with the club today in uh, the Blue Tune in Peter yeah, Head, yeah. and it's uh, David Robertson. So he's no longer the first team manager and the management team at the moment. It's going to be the captain, Ryan Strachan, and Jordan Brown in charge. David Robertson, what a fullback, what a player for Rangers. Yeah, and and what an interesting uh, coaching career also that he's had. Uh, anybody that's watched uh, the documentary, I certainly have. Uh, in terms of his time at Kashmir, uh, incredible, really incredible. Um, and look, he obviously he's moved back to um, to Scotland and w- was desperate to try and get involved. And unfortunately for for, for David, it has, hasn't happened at Peterhead. I seen him uh, actually against Falkirk when they they, they took a, a, a was a five nil, uh, and then was it the weekend it was it was seven. So look. Was it wasn't meant to be for him at that particular club uh, at that particular time, uh, but 
good guy. I'm sure he'll bounce back. He's been through a lot and um, I'm sure he's still got a lot to offer. It's hard, isn't it, for everyone at these football clubs. You know, it's tough trying to make the to make it work. I know um, Willie Fraser, one of the directors at Peterhead, and they give, you know, he runs businesses, yeah. but he also, he just loves the club and he's very generous to people in the community. It must be hard. But David Robertson, you didn't come up against him, John, I don't no, think, I didn't, just no. before your time. I think it was, yeah. Paul, yeah, just before. Was, yeah. So, uh, so David Robertson has gone there. We mentioned Ange Postacoglu there. Um, we're going to talk about Celtic, talk a bit about Rangers as well, uh, because as we go into the international games, still a bit of uh, legs in the weekend there. Wins for both of them. Rangers narrowed the gap to six points. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think the goal difference is 27. So it's, uh, sorry, at that point it was six, back to nine. Uh, Rangers winning at Motherwell. We talked about the controversy, Mm -hmm. uh, 4-2. Celtic went a goal behind, but then 1-3-1 against Hibs. This is what Ange Postacoglu thought of the game. Yeah, it just seemed to be a little bit of a sort of chaotic game right from the start. There was always, you know, things happening other than the football. And, uh, yeah, we just couldn't really sort of get into a rhythm or a flow and, and sort of, just sort of impose ourselves on the game. So, to, you know, we had to work pretty hard and stay pretty disciplined through that. And again, credit to the lads, second half, I thought we maintained our composure a lot better and, uh, you know, um, made the impact when we needed to. And he gave the injury update because obviously that was one of the worrying things for the Celtic fans. Yeah, we'll see with Rao. He obviously felt something, so we'll just uh, have to see um, how he sort of recovers from that. But uh, again, we've got a couple of weeks, so hopefully that helps him. Greg was pretty much struggling for for the most game, most part of the game. Um, so again, doing good sort of to, to have a couple of weeks to recover. Aaron, um, you know, we don't expect to, to be, or Tomoki to be missing um, once the games resume. And obviously with international guys, we'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully they come through unscathed. John, uh, Rio Hitati has become such a favourite of the Celtic mm. fans, quite rightly. He's right in the, the heart of that successful story that is Celtic. He is, and, and Ange w- will want to keep the, the rhythm, the consistency, the you know the personnel. And, uh, but what he brings, you know, he brings that. He'll take the ball in difficult situations. He's got a goal in him. He drives forward, Paul. He's neat and tidy. He very rarely gives the ball away, but he'll take a risk as well. You know, he'll gamble into the box. And he's just that willing runner that keeps getting in there. Um, and it's good to see at the weekend the subs making an impact because that's what subs are for. You know, Ho, come on, he's got a really good, strong header. Um, he's your kind he, of guy, isn't he? He just, yeah. he, he, you know, he just puts himself about. He looks quick. And he had to battle for his goal. He had to get across the defender. And then Haksabanovic then as well kept coming across, coming across, hits it in the bottom left-hand corner. And it looked it looked comfortable at 3-1, but at 1-1, you know, there was, there was a few worried <laughs> supporters, me being one of them, and thinking, when when is this winning goal going to come? And, and of course, Hibs... Hibs were down to 10 men yeah. as well. Um, it was a bit harsh, wasn't it? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. but again, yeah. It, it was yeah. oh, and, and the Aksabanovic, you know, the substitutions came on mm. and they made an impact in the game. Hence, you know, going on and making sure it looked comfortable in the end for Celtic. Yeah, it was a different second half. Yeah, like I said, that's where we needed to show that. And, you know, it's not the first time we've done that. It's very easy in that kind of game to kind of buy into the chaos and, and sort of go away from what we wanted to do but I thought for the most part we kept our discipline and you know wore them down and um, again great input by and impact by by the guys coming on and he did highlight the sub striker oh look he's a good player you know and he will be a good player for us we, we're kind of you know easing him into things here and um, you know he's still learning a lot but um, 
you know, you watch him at training every day and, uh, you know, he's he's got a real uh, presence about him inside the penalty box and uh, it was good for him to get the goal today. I thought, you know, he really, when he came on, made a difference um, just with his physicality. Hardest position in the game, isn't it? And finding great strikers. What do you think of all? Yeah, no, look, again, Ange touches on, I guess, his, his physicality, uh, which certainly looks as if it's um, not going to be a problem here in Scotland. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's having, sometimes you can look at players and physically they look quite strong, but do they know how to use their body? Um, clearly with his goal, uh, he knows how to use his body. Um, <laughs> he, 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 I think he enjoys that kind of tussle. He's uh, a young player, so that there's again, there's going to be upside once he really fully adapts to, I guess, what is expected of him here at Celtic. But coming off the bench, making an impact, Celtic going on and, and getting the result that I think everybody expected. Um, I guess a keynote for me, a takeaway is that for, for Celtic, when, when the rhythm is stopped, you know, like it potentially was on that day where it comes a little bit stop-start and they can't get that flow and rhythm, um, that's when you can, that's when you can give Celtic problems, mm. you know. And 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 Ange obviously and, and Celtic at the weekend they still found a way, which you'd expect against ten men. But they need rhythm. If you can stop and start that game, sure. then there there are opportunities. New tactic from the Hibs bench: put on another ball. Confused Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> see, yeah. see the food tried that ball. Yeah. I see they got a bit of a yeah. Uh, yeah. Bit of stick quite really from the referee. Yeah, it is phenomenal, isn't it? And oh, um, it's another one. We're going to talk Rangers in a couple of minutes as well. And for Celtic, as you said, John, not their best performance at the weekend, but the Celtic fans they trust in Ange and the players. There does seem to be a real confidence that they don't panic. No, and Ange uses the words yeah. trust in the process. Mm. You know, by process. They keep going, they'll keep probing, they'll keep passing the ball, they'll keep getting wide, they'll keep getting the balls into the box. Strikers, one, one a midfielder will run across the near post. Um, but listen, I'd be lying if I said that, you know, it wasn't a relief when Oh scored yep. that header. Mm. You know, because at that particular time, you're thinking, how many more chances, how many more opportunities? Um is it going to be Hibbs's day type of thing? Do you know, 10 men, penalty. But um, in the end, it looks comfortable. It looks because the players did trust the process. And it's another three points. It's another three points towards the, you know, the Scottish Premiership. Big three points now, running out of games. Yeah. And uh, so that that was vital that Celtic got all three points. I think the, the, the thing that we touch on, obviously, I mean, look, Celtic... Clearly, for me, are, are going to win the the, the league. Um, but you know, the challenge, I guess, for them in in, in recent weeks has been that, that Rangers have maybe played that game before them uh, and reduced it to six points. And John, they've they've, they've found a way, haven't they? They've yeah. gone and went about their business and and got the three points to to keep that nine point gap. Mm. I you know understand what you're saying in terms of it, it was a little bit nervy, but uh, potentially until O gets the goal. But you look you look at the chances. Marshall made a couple of really good saves. Kyogo had a great chance where he probably should have headed it instead of chesting it. Mm. Um, yeah, they, they had a lot of opportunities. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think anybody can turn around and say that it was um, anything but what it ended up, which yeah. is three points and a comfortable win. Do you have a moment as a Rangers legend and a Rangers fan where you think, right, okay, Rangers, it's now six points. Yeah. It's kind of whatever time that was. You know, 20 past three, Celtic are a goal down. Do mm. you ever think, right, what if it does go to yeah. six points and you still have to play Celtic twice? 
Look, yeah, uh, Paul, the there's, yeah. there's always hope. Of, of yeah. course, you, you know, I mean, you're talking about me now in terms of yeah, obviously supporting Rangers. Yeah, yeah. no, like, like it says, you, you always hope that maybe there's there, there, there's a kink and it needs to happen sooner rather than later. But when I see sometimes, uh, you know, certain matches and maybe it's happened earlier on in the game if Celtic have gone a goal down, for me, I know, I, ha I have a pretty confident feeling that they're just going to come and roll over the top uh, of, of whatever team's got that early goal, and, and therefore I was no, I was I wasn't surprised, obviously, with the with the Hibs result. Um, I think you're bang on, though, Paul. I think you're bang on, and this is why that Ange can't overemphasize. It's game by game. You cannot take your eye off the ball. Taking your eye off the ball is not winning on Saturday. Is drawing one one. That's taking your eye off the ball. This team are driven on the training ground every day. They know what's at stake. And they've got a certain way of playing and they've got a certain way of getting results. They keep going. You know, they they ne they don't stop. They never stop. Um, and and this is why, because, you know, the 27 points to play for, it's not over until it's mathematically over. Um, they have Rangers to play twice um, in the league, you know. Um, Rangers will be determined to put that performance right from the from the final a couple of weeks ago, the League Cup final, where Rangers felt they they didn't perform as well as they should have. And they didn't play the right team. Well, there the you go. Well, again, they'll have the players now available and he'll yeah. probably change it. So, listen, it's not over. Um, of course, they're huge favourites. Of course they are. And they should go and get the job done. But it's it's not a foregone conclusion. Barry was a wee bit critical last night, sorry, about um, James Tavernier. So I think Ange Postacoglu wouldn't allow his captain to come out and talk about a performance against Rangers in a couple of weeks. He'd say, you concentrate in the next game. James Tavernier said to the Rangers fans at the weekend, you know, they're going to see the real Rangers up against Celtic. So Craig, what did you feel about that? Yeah, I've, I've probably got the same opinion as, as Barry, um, that um, keep, keep, Anything um, within the, the the dressing room, and 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 if there if there's confidence, or you know, if if there there's that there needs to be an improved performance. Let's be honest with you, um, but I, I would prefer that that would probably stay in house rather than potentially, uh, John. And you, we've both been on either side uh, that you know Celtic can can maybe look at that and use that once again as motivation. Yeah. Um, so again, like I said, maybe maybe James Tavernier as a captain is trying to sort of like play that role and 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 rally his troops. But I, I just think that it's probably better off to keep that inside inside the building, train hard, work hard, get yourself to that game, mm. um, and try and get the right result. And then the talking can potentially happen after, not before. Yeah, I, listen, it, it, I've spoken about this before, Paul. It, it doesn't concern me because in life there's doers and their sayers don't be a sayer you know be a doer you know and make sure that if you're in the team for Rangers you make sure that when you cross that line whether it's at Celtic Park Ibrox Hamden that you are at your very very best and you've got to hope that every other player around you is at your very very best and then you might you just might catch Celtic on a bit of an off day or you might play better than Celtic on the day and then you you'll win the game but up until then there was a, there was a few there was a few yeah. quotes coming out of um the Rangers dressing room before and I said the same it doesn't make one bit of difference you do your talking on the pitch and then by that 
that's when you're gonna that's when you're gonna wound the respect of the supporters. John Hart is a bit scary when he looks at you like that, yeah. isn't he? And he's giving yeah. you the, the yeah. talk, which is great stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Quick one, you were with Frank McAvenny today, you played well. Down the ball, all right, Paul. I'm hitting the ball. I love, I love golf. I've I know always you liked, do. And I'm spoilt up here. I live in Edinburgh. <sighs> yeah. I've got so many lovely courses all around me, do you yeah. know. And uh, yeah, I, I like golf. I've always liked golf. And I see Mac has been saying today that uh, Kyogo, he believes, will perform really well in the Champions League next season. Well, he's capable, isn't he? He performed really well, other than getting goals. And I think when you're a, when you're a top class centre four who makes great runs who's already showed he can finish then that's a brilliant platform for him what, what a platform it is for Kyogo if Celtic were to go on and win the league straight into the Champions League group stages and all of a sudden you're playing Champions League football Kyogo is capable of scoring goals against any opposition he came very close earlier on in the season but whereas next season he's another year in by the way sure. a lot more settled um and I agree, I agree with Frank. I think he's more than capable of uh, of setting the uh, setting the yeah. Champions League alight. Gillian's been on from London saying, just tuned in, great advice from John Hartson, be a doer, not a sayer. Too many so well in life, done. Paul, too many Thank people you, in life say a lot but do nothing. Be a doer. Don't say it, go and do it. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go! Thanks, Chris, taking us home. 27 minutes past six. John Hartson, Paul Cooney and Craig Moore. Tomorrow night, Peter Grant will be here along with Barry Ferguson, five till seven. And we will be winding up towards the weekend where we've got Scotland against Cyprus. And I think it's a virtual sellout at Hampden Park. And then Tuesday, we've got uh, the Spanish giants coming over here. Not what they were, but any time Spain come to town, it's box office. Looking forward to both these games. Scotland were training today at Lesserhampton and it was wonderful to hear John Carver praise the ground there and the, the turf and how good it is. That was good to hear earlier on the programme. We were talking Celtic there. We heard from Ange Postacoglu after the 3-1 win at the weekend. Um, what about Rangers at the weekend then? 4-2 at Fair Park. It was a good game to watch overall, Craig. Let's yeah. see what the manager said, though. Um, well, it was the response, wasn't it, in the second half? that counted for Rangers. But the, the set play is an isolated incident, um, which we have to do better on. And to be fair, set plays have been very strong of late. Um, so I'm disappointed in that. And But again, we keep going. We trust in the way that we're playing. You can see that we're trying out some new things. And uh, I thought it was a strong performance day. I think you can see the strength that we've got at this moment in time. We take off the two strikers and, uh, and we bring on... Alfredo and we play Malik with him, which is slightly a, a change, some things that we've been working on. And I thought they they came on and, and contributed to the game well. Uh, Raza then went back uh, more to the side as a classic winger, really. And I, I was really happy with the game. I thought we was in control and should have probably won by one or two more. Craig Moore, what did yeah. you think of Rangers? Yeah, hey, look, uh, they got caught out early doors. Mm -hmm. um, early goal, they go behind. Um, but again, they probably get the opportunity. I, I think... Touched on it earlier on, Stuart Kettle will, will be really disappointed, I think, with Slattery in terms of that foul. Um, we've seen Tavernier, how how dangerous he is in those those set plays. Um, he, he, he Again, he executes. I think Liam Kelly's got to do better uh, also, if I'm being honest. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, um, but but I think the pleasing thing for Rangers was, um, you know, four separate goal scorers, or sorry, four, you know, individual goal scorers um, went and, and obviously... Um, 
come back from a poor start. Yeah, they, they, they conceded us off when again at a, at a set piece. But they looked lively. As Michael says, they probably could have won uh, a, a shade more more comfortable. And Motherwell, good surface, allowed Rangers to kind of play. And their success rate over Motherwell over uh, such a long period of time has been exactly what we've seen at the weekend. It's such a long, long time, isn't it? And we mentioned uh, James Tavenier. And maybe the comments about Celtic were uh, ill-judged at that time. But the manager has been speaking about the scoring record. 98 goals, and it could have been more on Saturday. Yeah, I'd say a laugh and joke with him. He should have had the 100 today, you know, his header and uh, maybe a shot on his left foot. But look, for a, for a fullback, and he get, to get in those attacking positions where he's getting in, he's got to get 70 or 80 yards up the pitch. And I suppose that's what I'm saying. At times, you're going to leave yourself vulnerable to allow Tavernier and Barisic when he's here to get up the pitch. Yilmaz today, and no, he's... he's um, his contribution's fantastic. You see today a free kick at 1-0 down away from home. He scores and then, was it, three or four minutes into the second half, a fantastic cross and an assist. So his numbers are fantastic. And uh, and that's been like that ever since I've known James. John? Yeah, I agree. His numbers are, um, are incredible for a full-back. 98 goals. Um, but, you know, you can say he's had an awful lot of penalties, but you've still got to take penalties. Mm. You've still got to step up and score, stick them away, you know. Last-minute penalties, penalties that decide games, maybe, you know, big penalties in, in big competitions. So um, I think he's got a great right foot. He's got a good engine. I think he's better going forward than he's actually is defending. He does a decent job defensively, but I think his, 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 um, his best asset is, is moving up the park and picking out, Defender putting it in certain areas, you know, and just one of them where the goalkeeper's not sure whether to come. Defender is, is almost backing off, and then a forward if you run in between two defenders, he's he's got the ability to pick you out. And uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've I've always been a fan, and to get them type of numbers um, is exceptional from fullback at, at any level. Do the praise. What are you thinking up front then at the weekend, Cholak? Did it show you that Rangers do need someone else, an out-and-out striker for next season? Yeah, again, I think this is an area that um, when you've got healthy competition, uh, it's really important. I don't think the competition uh, in terms of having uh, Cholak, who I think has, has had a really good season, Paul, um, he's come in, um, he seems to have adapted extremely well. He got off to a, a good start scoring goals immediately. But it's probably fair also to say that I think at, at no time this season have Rangers uh, had two strikers, Chorlak and Morelos, being absolutely at it. Um, so in regards to next season, look, I'm sure it's an area that Mike was working on now um, in regards to, to looking to strengthen that area and provide healthy competition because that's what's needed to to, to make the improvements. Uh, and that's in, in, in a lot of positions within a squad, Paul. Uh, but certainly I think the striker area is something that he will look at. Were you impressed by Malik Tillman when you saw him? And it's good to see him back. Scores a good fit. goal. Yeah. He scores a good goal. He, he strikes it um, extremely well. T takes a nice little bobble, but um, finishes it well. Good power. Look, Tillman is a, he's a great talent. He's a great talent. He's a, he's a young enough player that um, you know potentially suits... The model, you know, we keep going back to the model, but, uh, you know, Rangers need to execute the model. Um, and, and Tillman is a player that, you know, if they can get for the the, the figure that's being uh, pushed around about, then it should be a good investment because I think that after a, another couple of years, Paul, mm. he'll continue to develop. His game will improve. He'll become a key player at Rangers and they'll be able to sell him and make a, a, a good 
return on the player, good profit. Are enough players coming back for the rest of this season, especially for the Cup? I mean, more and more, it's obviously, that's the holy grail, to retain the Cup for Rangers. Yeah. I see Raskin was out at the weekend. I don't yeah, know he's in. pulled out yeah. of the national team stuff, oh. uh, but I don't believe that, that, that. And again, this is just from what I'm reading between yeah. the lines. I think he, he, he should be okay coming back and, and he'll be important because he showed what a good player he is. Um, but I, look, I don't think there's going to be any excuses going into this next uh, next block, yeah. so so to speak. But but, but 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 the pressure, the, the pressure's there, Paul. I mean, yeah. you know, the the club need to try and retain the the, the Scottish Cup. Um, if the league title obviously looks like it's going to Celtic, as we, we we all expect at this moment in time, then for Rangers they need to go and win that trophy. And if they don't, then. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be debates continuing over the coming weeks uh, leading into next season. I still think as well, <clears throat> from Michael Beale's point of view, I, th I still think he's going with his tried and tested. You know, he can't afford to drop points at Motherwell, and he's going with what he sees as his strongest team. In that team is John Lundstrom. Mm -hmm. In that team is Ryan Jack. Is Ryan Kent Cantwell? And I think if the final was maybe tomorrow or a semi-final, I don't think the team will be far off what what he started at Motherwell. Um, you know, you you you've got um, Tillman who came who, who came on. Sorry, who went who, who got yeah. taken off um, uh, for, for Sakala. No, he came on. Came he, on he came for Sakala. That's right. Yeah, but yeah. listen, you can maybe have a look at that one. But I just think the back four. Uh, Barisic will be back. Does yes. Barisic come yes. back in for Yilmaz? Yeah, he'll be back. Yeah. But then I would think, Craig. Oh, look, yeah. I, th I think Yilmaz is is now is now the 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 ongoing project. The mm -hmm. investment was there. Uh, it's been a, it's, it's not been a great season for him in terms of you know he's probably not settled as quick as we, what he would have liked. He's had a, a an injury where he's been out for uh, a, a decent chunk of time. Looks a good player going forward. Size yet yeah, people are going to question his size and how he can handle that. But I think Barisic might have a year left of his contract, John. So again, I don't think Rangers want to be in a situation where they allow another player's contract to run down. No, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you've got to you've got to potentially look at making money. Uh, Borna might be that player that they can make a little bit of money with a year left on his contract. The front three, Kent, um, Cholak and Sakala. Won't change. Mm -hmm. Or Kent just off or whatever. Uh, that won't change. And Sakala shows some real sparks now, doesn't he? Getting a yeah. confidence. Yeah, look, yeah. Sakala, if if he, I mean, he scores a great header. Mm. Fantastic ball from, from mm. Tavernier. Um, if he scored the amount of, of, of goals... That uh, you know, in terms of John, the chances that dropped to him. If, if he if yeah. he was a prolific mm. finisher, I don't think Rangers would be able to keep a hold of the player because look, he's got pace. Um, he, he's he's quite unpredictable, so he's always threatening him behind. If he if he was a top top scorer where he had a higher percentage, mm. then he would go to a big big club mm. for big money. Could you arrange Maeda? Against Sakala for charity. Wouldn't that be great at the end That'd of the season? Great. Wouldn't it be brilliant? Yeah. Show a bit of humour and also help people. Absolutely. In these well, times. Can yeah. you sort it? I'll try my best. You're well connected. Uh, uh, Andrew would do it for you and at Rangers, sure. Craig Moore, how many games did you play for Rangers in your two spells? And of course, Crystal Palace, where you've got a new manager, the young 75-year-old Roy oh, Hodgson. He's back again. Unbelievable. We'll come back to that in a moment or two. We're talking Rangers. This is what Michael Beale was saying then about this international break. We've got a few going away on internationals and then we've got uh, three or four days we're going to let the players have a bit of time with their families and then we're back in working we've been working on one or two new things you saw at the end of that game there we're trying something slightly different um, 
at the back and to try and get more players up the pitch. And so we'll continue to work on that. We've got nine league games and a very important cup game when we come back. So our focus is very much on on in, enjoying a couple of days with family and then working hard. And uh, it gives me a bit of time to sit down with one or two as well and, and give them a little bit of feedback. Because you don't often get time to change the system. No, and look, I mean, it's, it's something that Michael's uh, spoken about um, probably for the last couple of weeks, hasn't he? Uh, uh, about a potential change. And I think I kind of mentioned as well, like sometimes it's not a bad thing, you know, because maybe in particular going into the semi-final match against Celtic, look, Celtic kind of know what they've been up against in terms of uh, it's been quite predictable to a certain degree into, uh, what Rangers have kind of, uh, the, the style that they've played, the, the positions that they've kind of played in. Um, to be able to then do something different, it, it's nice to have, have people guessing a little bit leading into a game of football. At the end of the day, once you cross that line, players adapt and they adapt very quickly, the good ones, but uh, it's good to be able to try something different. And we'll do that, no doubt, as we wind, get up towards the, well, especially the Cup semi-final. What about the uh, fan protest against Stuart Robertson, the MD, and Ross Wilson, the manager, it gives quite some backing here to the director of football. Listen, I've always worked well with Ross and he came when I was already in the club the first time round. He's influential in bringing me back into the club. We work fantastically well every day. Uh, we're, you know, he, he's a 24-7 football person similar to myself, so our energy is the same. We're off working and looking at players and we, we control the atmosphere, if you like, in, in the training ground. We're the two main figures at the training ground. So... I understand the fans' frustration. They don't know everything that goes on in the workings of the club, but I understand that they pay their money and they support the club. They pack out every away uh, away attendance, uh, both domestic and in Europe. They pack out every game at Ibrox and they have a right to, um, in the right way, put across their opinion. But I would say since I've come back in, the form of the team's been really good. And so before that, they can be disgruntled, but now we're looking forward and moving forward and... and I would prefer it if we were all on the same page, but at the same time, they're entitled to their opinion. I, I think uh, the work going on behind the scenes and towards next season is exciting. It can't all be revealed now, but I would just hope that we can make sure that we're together moving forward. A plea for unity. Yeah, but freedom of speech, the fans, uh, you know, they're, they're, I think they're going to continue to, to voice their 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 opinions um, throughout the, the the remaining games of the season. Uh, I, I, they're probably feeling that that communication from the club hasn't hasn't been there over certain issues. So that's uh, you know the protests and, and what we're kind of seeing. Look, I mean Ross, Michael, uh, the Parks. Uh, look, we, we've we've gone through a show now, coming towards the end of it. We've spoken about VAR. We've mm. spoken about referees under the pump. We've spoken about players. We've spoken about managers. So look, it's again, it's it's all part of the business. Um, and and the end of the, the end of the day, you've just got to go and do your do your job and and do it well. But questions will be asked, Paul, because you know the the recruitment issue, um, which I think you know everybody involved in Rangers would like to see an improvement. Sorry, John, before you jump in there no uh, from from um, this season leading into to, to next season, uh, and 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 also medically, this season has been an absolute disaster. It's a lack of winning. Yeah, but, but that's but, the problem. They've won two trophies in what ten years. If yeah, Rangers were winning, been... if Rangers were winning right now, there'd be no protests. There'd be no protests. Of course, protests come Rangers are all when about wrong. winning yeah. trophies, sure. and things haven't gone their way in recent times. But if Rangers were winning, if they were nine points clear, and they had a trophy in the bag, 
there wouldn't be protests. Believe me, there wouldn't be protests. I know. And yep. in Scotland, Craig knows himself. Yep. He played here for long enough. You have to be above the other team. It took Rangers a while to get back, of course. But Celtic, right at the minute in time, they're doing things a little bit better. They're signing players. They've got a formation. Michael Beale's talking about changing the style, changing the formation. And you will never change. They'll never change because this is what he knows and this is his philosophy and this is what they practice every single day on the training ground and the way that they go at players. So for me, there's a frustration, clearly a frustration. There'd be a, frust there'd be a frustration at Celtic. If Celtic were, were in a situation, Rangers as well know that Celtic, if they win the league, they have that 50, 40, 30, 40 million pound windfall where they can add again and at this moment in time, there's there's a little bit of frustration, there's sure. a bit of disillusion like amongst Joe, the crowd. We saw it in Kerrydale Street when Celtic yeah. lost the 10. Yeah, uh, yeah. Craig, no, I think you, it's just, sorry Paul, I think it's just like, um, you still need to, um, the, 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 the infrastructure, everything needs to be in order, everything needs to be um, moving in the right direction as one. Um, and, and I understand about a, a winning team and all that sort of stuff, but... Um, sometimes that can also paper over uh, a lot of a lot of cracks. Um, you know, so you look at uh, John when when Ange uh, originally come into Celtic. Celtic were a shambles off the field, absolute shambles, right? And and, no, and still won no, no, but nine no, trophies in a row. No, nah, okay, but, but I'm talking about Ange's time, right? So then they, when he originally nine titles in a row. Yeah, when, when he originally come in, yeah. it was shambolic. His start wasn't unbelievable because Celtic had a poor. But once once things started to get sh the structure, the organisation, the, the recruitment, clear, the clear communication about how, what recruitment was looking like, medical department in place, all those kind of things, they've gone from strength to strength to strength. You still need to have a really well-run football club yeah. to have that long-term success. I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with what you're saying. I want to pick up on that medical um, mention that you gave a few moments ago after the break. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go! Final section of the programme and thanks to everyone. There's been so many messages about VAR and about referees. Quite a lot of people supporting the referees but saying they need more assistance. Too many eyes and ears on it and it's supposed to be, well, it's supposed to be a lighter touch and it's not the case. No doubt we'll be back talking about it tomorrow as we look forward to, well, tomorrow night with Barry and Peter, that's from five tomorrow. John Hartson on fire tonight, telling us be a doer, not a sayer. <laughs> and that was a sermon on the mount tonight yeah. from John. He's got yeah, a lot of people thinking. Yeah, but a lot of people. Yeah, it's good, John. And so, Craig, beforehand as well, Rangers have been yeah unlucky or whatever this season. There have been. This, this is not putting them up against Celtic. It's a fact. Yeah. They have had so many injuries horrendous, this season. Horrendous injuries this season. And like you would have a, a football review come end of the season in terms of performance, um, you would also have a medical review, Paul. Um, and, and that's something that uh, will definitely need to take place come end of this season because there's been a lot of injuries um, which sometimes you can put down to bad luck. Um, but also, I think, in terms of the length of time, um, you know, when you start to, to have players that are maybe going beyond that um, length of time that, uh, potentially they were meant to be out for. There, there's been a hiccup or there's been an issue somewhere. So naturally, if you're an investor, if you're throwing money at the football club, end of the season, if you're paying a certain amount of money to a cer certain player and he, he's maybe not been fit or played a lot of the games, then the questions you're going to ask, aren't they? You want to know exactly 
what the situation was and why the player was out for so long. So there will be all those kind of reviews, I'm pretty certain, come end of the season. You want to see a return on investment. Can we turn back to the international scene for a moment? Sure. And then I want to ask you about some of the other games at the weekend mm-hmm. with a view to saying, right, we've got, what, 10 days, 12 days off the uh, Cinch Premiership? Who is going to come out of it on form for the final run-in, for the final games? But let's hear again from John Carver, part a big part of the... He's got a great Newcastle accent, hasn't he? Why, aye, man. Yeah, he has indeed. Craig, you were there for some time at Newcastle. Uh, so this is John speaking today. Um, earlier he spoke about Lesser Hamden and here's interesting insight into the players when they got together in Glasgow last night sitting at dinner last night was one of the noisiest dining rooms I've been involved in because the lads were so pleased to see each other there's a great spirit but there's some ambition there as well and the disappointment we have to use that disappointment of not qualifying for the World Cup and sitting watching it on TV to our advantage and I'm sure Every single player that's come in is motivated to make sure that we try and get into this next tournament and be competitive and continue that into the following World Cup. John, good words from him, isn't it? Excellent words, positive. um, It's good to know that the players are, um, you know, they've got a bit of desire about them. They're representing their countries. Not to say that they haven't had desire in the past, um, but they've got quality players now as well. Paul, look at the squad. You know, quite quite a few Premier League players in there, Scottish yeah. Premiership players, good young players as well, breaking through, um, one or two making their debuts possible, uh, possibly. And um, and you mentioned earlier you'd love to see Lewis Ferguson, you know, establish himself in the team, but he's up against such a strong midfield. But uh, I know you want to say a word about him. He did well yeah, at Aberdeen. Well, he, he's he's, moved he, up. he was brave, you know. Yeah. He wanted to go on and uh, play at a, in a different culture mm-hmm. and play in Serie A. Uh, Bologna um, he wanted to go and see if he could cope you know uh, at, at that level he played at Aberdeen and he played at what was it Hamilton Yakis yep um, so you know for me you now he's 23 and if I'm Lewis Ferguson I'm thinking I'm not just going to pl- uh, represent my country and just be an also ran mm-hmm. I'm not just I don't just want to be a bit part player in this team now I know you look at the midfield you got McGinn who will start mm-hmm. yep. McGregor? All right, they're playing at a bit a high, of a very course. high level. Starts as well, Callum and then McGregor. you got young yep. Gilmore. Uh, Gilmore's sort mm-hmm. of not kicked on like I probably expected him to. Young mm-hmm. Billy Gilmore, yep. and and obviously you got McTominay as well at Manchester United. One yeah. or two others. So listen, it's going to be difficult for the boy, yeah. but I'm sure he's only 23. He's got a huge future ahead of him. He's done great. He was brilliant at Aberdeen for for a number of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's what I'd be yeah. saying to him. I'd be saying, look, look yeah. Lewis, go and show um, Steve Clark and John Carver, go and put a marker down, go and show that you're playing at a high level and you're ready. You're ready to start for your country. They've got to give him that start. Sure. You know, mm. we can again, we can talk about it mm. or he can have the opportunity to... To be to be in that starting eleven to then go and show what he can do, you know, twenty one games in the city are four goals. That's that's decent decent Very return. Good. Very good. Um, so whether or not he can find himself in that mid midfield mm-hmm. three, Paul. 
But if he does get that chance, then John, I'm sure he'll go and show his best. Is Angus Gunn going to be number one so. this weekend? It's got to be Liam Kelly, Xander Clark. I felt for both of them, they didn't have good games at the weekend. No, no, no. no they didn't. I think even last week, I thought, I just think we're. Again, we're speaking with Peter Grant and he knew a, a bit more about Angus Gunn than myself yeah. and he said that he, he has a stature, he has a real presence uh, and for me, I think for a goalkeeper, that's quite important. So even before the weekend's matches, that kind of had, for me, him uh, ahead, but that might mean nothing. I still think Xander Clark's a very good goalkeeper. I think no. we all agree, John. Yeah. yeah. Listen, can I look at the weekend? Aberdeen 3-0 against Hearts. Okay, Bassa, what's happened here? It's un- Jim Goodwin must be thinking, where am I today? Yeah, no, St. Mary, no, that was a year ago. Uh, Aberdeen, no, that was a month ago. Right, so, uh, Aberdeen, could they come third? They could. Yeah, well, I think they will. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's nine games to go, but um, uh, Barry, is it, you'd get the job, wouldn't you? Yeah. You know, well, I wouldn't take the job if I was Barry. No. He's not, not, why? I'll tell you why. Right, because Barry how Robson. many? How many? Yeah, Barry Robson, Aberdeen job. Mm. He's done a wonderful job, amazing job. Right, and how many times have we seen that that happens? The the interim then becomes the manager. Yeah. Then things don't work, and six months later he gets a sack and he's out of football. Mm. For me, play the smart game, play the long game. He's shown that he can go in and do a wonderful job. Mm. He's given the club um, plenty of time to to go and find a replacement for next season. He can pop back. Uh, in a position where he continually can learn and develop. And then if the opportunity come along at a later date, then the club know they have somebody that's ready and capable to take the job. I think now, in terms of, um, for Barry Robson, I think would be a mistake. Yeah, I think I think you'd, everyone would agree. Nobody, I think he'd yeah, take sure. it. I think he'd take it. Uh, of course. If, we he know that. Off, if he was off of the sure. job with a few yeah. assurances that yeah. he could maybe add and things. Listen, Barry Robson has played but, under the likes of Gordon Strack and he's... Yeah. You know, he's worked under under the likes of um, Michael. What was the last? Was Scott Brown? What was his name again? Michael. Yeah. Um, um, Stephen Glass. Stephen Glass. Stephen Glass. Sorry. Yes. Glass. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Barry was in there. Sure. You know, finishing his career, doing. You know, oh, he's a good man. He was with yeah. Derek uh, as well. McInnes. He was. He was. He's been yeah, in the building for a long time. No, obviously, and we know that. The and owner. he might just look at it and go, "Do you know what? I might not get another opportunity." You do not turn down big chances. I know mm. what Craig is saying. Maybe is he ready? He's had an initial bounce. He's done really, really well. But Aberdeen's a, a, a massive club, okay. a well, huge sure. fan base. And I just think that it'd be a difficult one for him to turn down if he was offered it. And of course, the owner um, has been having surgery in America, Dave Cormack. Yes. So, uh, and Alan Burrow's only in the building two weeks. But um, obviously, we wish Dave Cormack well as he recovers. And then for Hearts, um, well, they're still in third position, 45 points, um, 41 for Aberdeen. Hibs on 40. As we know then, they lost at Celtic. We spoke about the game. Livingston, John, you were the strike coach there for a time. Mm. Um, Livy back on it. Good win for them at the weekend, 2-1. Yeah. And they're now top six. And I saw David Martindale saying, hey, we could push on and get a European spot. Two points off third. Yeah. They're only two points away. Uh, sorry, they're not. They're, they're not two no, points away. They're on 39. Yeah, yeah they are They are yeah. two points from third. They're on 39 in fifth and Aberdeen a third on 41. So they're two points from third place, Livingston. And they're on a decent run. I, I like them. I like the way Davey yeah. goes about his job. He knows he hasn't got fortunes to spend. Mm. He knows that he can't pay his players big money. He works you know, with what he's got. He gets every last mm. inch of effort out of his players. And um, I think he's done a remarkable job, not just this season, but last season as well. Who's going to go down? None of us likes yeah, saying this. What do you think? I don't, I don't mind. I mean, yeah, maybe Dundee sure. United supporters yeah. won't like me saying it, yep. but I've kind of said Dundee United for 
for a little bit now. I just felt that, um, you know, it really hasn't been happening for them. They've been unlucky. They got a bad call at the weekend, as we've touched on earlier on in the show. But I just don't see a way out for Dundee United. I don't see enough goals. No. Beautiful straight by Stephen Fletcher, great, wasn't it? Great. But, yeah. And by the way, Fletcher's a great player. I, I, actually, I, feel so, I feel sorry for him because I just don't feel as if he's got... Um, he needs to have people closer legs to him. him. Not yeah. enough legs around yeah, no, him. Maybe not even no. legs. Maybe sometimes just be brave. Just put, okay. play two up top. Get someone close to him because that's how he's played his, his whole yeah. career. Yeah. Put him next to a strike partner. I remember Get, watching him for Hibs quite a few years ago and it was Fletcher, Nish mm. and Ryden. Yeah. Wow. Good three, by the way. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Very yeah. talented three. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Derek McInnes would like uh, those three, maybe fit and able at the moment. Kelly, 1-1 with St. Johnson, bitterly disappointed. But Kelly on 25 points. So United on 22, Ross County in 24. And for Derek McInnes, do you think it's going to be enough? Are they going to stay up? They're five points behind Motherwell. We don't know at the moment. For Motherwell, that's the first reversal under Stuart Kettlewell. That's no disgrace when you're up against Rangers who are undefeated in, what's that, 18 games now under Michael Beale, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think so. Yeah, no, um, yeah. And for Motherwell, Stuart Kettlewell, who want to just keep, you know, not to be deflated by it and continue, the two up front have made a difference for them. Yeah, and look, I mean, he, again, I think people expected that kind of result. Um, and, and the most important thing is Motherwell still featured heavily in the match, um, making sure that that one, that one result, Paul, doesn't derail the rest of the season. And, and, and that message, I think, has been hammered home from Stuart Kettlewell, and I'm sure that he'll, he'll again get a, get a bounce and Motherwell will finish the season, I think, pretty safe. I think, is it not bottom four now, Craig, for you? You've got, you got Motherwell, Motherwell on 30, fifth St. Johnson, 32. Have they going to have enough? Certainly St. Mirren on 38. I think they they won't be dragged into that no, they'll be relegation. Fine. So you're looking at Motherwell, Kilmarnock, Ross County or Dundee United. Yep. We'll have to talk about that next week because we're just about out of time. John, what do you think of Scotland this weekend? Then? I wish them two well. I really wish them well. They bought two home games. Spain away is going to be hard. Make the most out of the crowd, the passion at Hampden. And, um, you know, I, I wish them well. Of course, I always do. I, I like to follow. Thank I you. live here in Scotland. I follow the You'll... the national team. So good luck to the boys. You'll be away on the telly with Juranovic and Barisic and all the rest yeah, of it. But no more Wales, Wales are away to Croatia. Don't, That's yep. a tough one. So. Good luck, Wales. Yep. Craig, what do you feel for Scotland against Cyprus? Scotland will come out on top. I'm going to go for a 2-0 victory in front of a, a great crowd. Excellent. Goal scorers, I don't know yet, but Good. I'll go 2-0. We're going to see both of you next week, John, later in the week probably. Craig, the two of you on fire tonight, thank you so much. Pleasure, Paul. Be thank a you. doer, not a sayer. Applause for you, that Paul, as well. <laughs> oh, I, I, I saw, I saw that look, exactly. Yeah. And Craig, thank you for that Cheers. advice earlier on. Put the money from VAR into youth football and games for boys and girls here in Scotland love it thank you Zoe is coming up next she is indeed after the news tomorrow night is Barry and Peter The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road Darnley Let's go there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.